Hi, everyone. This is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome to our second season of Medtronic Talks. In our first season, we spoke with the leaders of Medtronic's operating units to better understand the direction of each of the businesses. Now, with their courses set and clear, we're going to talk to the engineers, scientists, physicians, and other experts who are executing on these strategies. We'll still keep a tight focus on each of Medtronic's businesses, but we are going to get a lot deeper into these stories. Let's go. Hi, everyone. This is Tom Salami. Welcome back to the Medtronic Talks podcast. Our guests today are Dan Voles. He is president of the Neurovascular Group at Medtronic. And Daniel Hawkins. He is the CEO of Avail Med Systems. Our conversation today will explore the challenges of the neurovascular space, both for treatment, but also for innovation. This is obviously an area where Medtronic has uh, has led the way and continues to uh, to push for new innovation, including the uh, the recent announcement of its new CoLab platform and announced that at our Device Talks West meeting. Today, we'll talk about how CoLab will work and how Avail Med Systems, which has a system that allows physicians to communicate with physicians over long distances or allows engineers to monitor procedures over long distances to uh, aid and accelerate innovation. We'll talk about how this partnership between the two entities work, about the challenges in the neurovascular space, and about what Medtronic's goal is for the future. So there's a a lot of opportunity here, a lot of exciting stories to tell. And before we begin this episode, I'd like to bring in our sponsor, Cretex Medical. I am here with Anya White. She is Chief Human Resources Officer and Chief Revenue Officer at Cretex Companies. Anya, what three things would you like our listeners to know about Cretex Medical? Cretex Medical, as a contract manufacturing and engineering partner to the OEMs in the med device space, Cretex Medical is laser focused on the mission to make it easier for our customers to get their devices to the patients who need them. And as we define this mission, there are three high level priorities that guide us in everything we do. One is that we reduce risk for the OEM. Two is we launch and scale your products with you through the entire life cycle. And three, we can respond to your need in speed to market with your products and services. All right, we're going to review those three things a little later in the podcast. If you want to find out more about Cretex Medical, well, Anya will have a special invitation for you a little later in the podcast. But you can also go to its website, cretexmedical.com. That is C-R-E-T-E-X medical.com. Well, Dan Voles and Daniel Hawkins, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Interested in talking about the new partnership between uh, Avail Med Systems and Medtronic Neurovascular. We've got actually a lot to cover here, including Medtronic Neurovascular's new collab program. So uh, before we roll into those specifics, because they're both very big topics, I, I want to sort of understand the neurovascular space a bit. Dan Voles, we've had you on the podcast before, previously on Medtronic Talks, but I think it, it's worth sort of uh, just reminding us, can you give us an overview of the neurovascular space? Tell us what the patients are like and uh, who are the healthcare providers that your your folks are primarily dealing with? Yeah, so, and thanks again for having us, Tom. Yeah, it's a pretty startling statistics in, in the stroke space that, that I'll share. 
bit of a, a bucket of cold water on on the front end, but it's the reality of the condition. There's 15 million strokes that occur around the world each year, and we treat less than 10% of those. So unfortunately, wow. uh, 25% of us will have a stroke at some point in our lifetime. And because of the burden that stroke is, that it the heavy component of disability that comes with stroke, it ends up touching greater than 90% of the world's population in some way. It exists at an individual level, but it certainly touches those around that individual in a pretty powerful way. And that is the burden of stroke. You know, the space overall is, it's growing, unfortunately. Mm, really? uh, it grows north of 10% every year. And as I mentioned, with single digit penetration levels from a therapy standpoint, so a a very big global problem to solve and purpose-filled work for us at uh, Medtronic Neurovascular. Yeah, is the understanding that the growth in, in, in numbers comes just from an aging population, just more people are sort of uh, at that point where stroke is more likely? Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of factors behind that, um, genetic and diet and a number mm-hmm. of different things. And, you know, one of the real challenges with it is there are geographies around the world that have zero access to care. So not only are those numbers growing, but we're not necessarily doing enough about it to stop that from happening. Mm. And that fundamentally, that's that's a principle behind um, what we're doing through our remote connectivity program and, and some of the aspiration behind remote connectivity. Now, I can see the importance of that, especially even in this country where our, our, uh, our rural healthcare facilities are not uh, as robust or many of them are not as robust as they once were. So what is the setting like where, where most strokes are treated? I'm guessing it's a, an emergency room, a trauma center, some sort of place like yeah, that? The interventional lab, okay. uh, the cath lab uh, inside the hospital. And, and there's, a, there's a journey to get there. You know, certainly emergency medical services plays a role in getting you to the first location to determine if you are having a stroke and what type of stroke you're having, which often means that sometimes then you need to be transported to another location to what's called a comprehensive stroke center to have that treated in a location where, you know, if you have an ischemic stroke, which is a clot-driven stroke, clot goes up into the brain and stops blood flow, you need to be at a center that has both the personnel training and the technology to go up and grab that clot and restore blood flow. So it's a complicated path to treatment Mm -hmm. um, for that patient. And as they say in stroke, time is brain. The longer you the longer you wait to restore blood flow, obviously the, the the more brain cells you're killing and 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 the irreparable damage that's done to the brain, which then leads to disability. So it's a it's a complicated pathway to get to intervention. And just final question about the space: What's the the level of expertise like for the the healthcare providers, interventionists who are providing the treatment? And is there enough of them? Is there a shortage of these skilled clinicians? Are we facing a, a shortage there, like we are in other specialties? Well, the shortages are global and and largely nursing driven and sort of healthcare support staff inside the institution. And we're going to be we're going to be faced with that for for some time. And we've got to figure out how to make sure that that when the patient gets there, the technology is there, but the staff is there as well. And 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 we don't have that solved from a from a neurointerventionalist, and that's a broad category of those that treat stroke, the skill sets are remarkable. Mm. You know, you're talking about navigating from, in most instances, the groin up into the brain and navigating that vascular highway in a term that's used to describe how challenging that highway can be is tortuosity. 
from the groin up into the brain and the twists and turns that a physician has to make in order to land safely at the place of treatment, it is just unbelievable to watch and obviously takes a good amount of time to get to that level of proficiency. But this is not only a, a physician community that has a very real calling. When you sign up to be a neurointerventionalist, you're signing up to leave dinner early, to step away from holidays, to miss the end of plays and ball games and everything else. But you're also talking about a, a segment of the physician community that has a remarkable skill set. Well, Dan Hopkins, let's take a moment to learn about Avail. I think we've described an environment where a system like you have, Avail has, can really uh, provide some relief and some some help. Talk a bit about uh, Avail Med Systems. What does the company do? And talk about your product, your system. So I founded Avail in 2017 to solve a fundamental problem that Dan has touched on, and that is that expertise is not available nearly as often as it could be useful in procedure rooms. In order to be able to solve that, we took an approach of a hardware-software system where we place consoles without charging the facility for those consoles, no capital cost. We place them in facilities and we enable remote connectivity to access those facilities. So that is HCP to HCP, if you will, in this example, neurologist to neurologist or neurosurgeon to neurosurgeon, or industry to healthcare provider, uh, like in our arrangement with uh, Dan and his team at Medtronic Neurovascular. The value of that is immediacy, it's engagement or treatment of the patient on the table, learning from others that are treating, in other words, a key opinion leader might be uh, deploying a technology in a particularly challenging case, and it becomes a teaching case. We broadcast those around the world. We've done that with Medtronic Neurovascular to a scale of 11,000 people have wow. been trained using our system as a communications backbone, if you will. 11,000 people have been trained on Medtronic Neurovascular products around the globe. It's a fascinating thing, and, and I'll, I'll even say, and I've, and I've shared this with Dan, it's, it's a humbling thing for an entrepreneur such as myself to be greeted with an opportunity to impact medicine that way. I did not really appreciate the scope of the neurovascular clinical community's commitment and, and what needs to get done to treat the patients they serve. And, and I am I'm humbled, uh, frankly, as a founder of Avail to be able to play a small role in, in extending the reach of enabling care and enabling devices to that community. Daniel, talk about the system itself. What are you transmitting? I know you and I have talked about it a lot, but you're doing yeah, audio, you're doing video, and what sort of equipment is required on, on either side of that connection? Do they both need an Avail med system device, a system, or can it be Avail to cell phone? What is required in the uh, communication network? Sure. So to transmit out from a procedure room or enable somebody to communicate in, if you will, a console needs to be in a lab. And in this case, you know, neurovascular lab. That console serves as a hub, if you will. It uh, brings in angiography, uh, biplanes, if you will. It'll bring in other intraprocedural imaging equipment as necessary. In other settings, it'll bring in robotic feeds or echocardiography or other modalities that are simply plugged into the back of our unit. That is then aggregated inside of our unit and transmitted remotely. 
via web-based interface to a touchpad like an iPad or a laptop or if someone's working from a home office, a desktop. And that interface allows them to control our console, control the cameras, rotate them, pan them, tilt them, zoom them in. The console has integrated high-resolution audio to allow real-time communications. By real-time, I mean a half a second or less in delay. Wow. And we we connect all of that on the uh, provider side via an Ethernet connection to the cloud. And uh, we don't rely on Wi-Fi. We feel very, very uh, uh, firmly entrenched in the belief that you need to rely on the best connection possible here um, and that the uh, variability and reliability need to be consistent with what's being done at that time, which is is uh, extending expertise in and out of operating rooms uh, for the care of patients. And, and that allows, you know, that remote capability and the interface allows remote teams in the field, salespeople, clinical specialists, to be able to access their customers in a real-time on-demand fashion. You know, I like to think about it as uh, whole territory coverage real-time for the first time in MedTech. And importantly, Tom, that platform that we've built also enables us to host third-party software applications. So as you know, Dan and the team at Medtronic uh, Neurovascular develop advanced capabilities with AI or ML or CV, our systems, cameras, and computing power and connection to the cloud can be leveraged, and those applications can be surfaced in the remote user interface. That provides a lot of capability that, frankly, leads towards digital enablement in the OR. That's what we set out to do. And with Dan's team, we're bringing that to the neurovascular marketplace. That's great. So, Dan Vols, let's, let's learn. How does Avail fit into, uh, into your business? Is it for training? Is it for, for treatment? Where is Avail uh, helping Medtronic Neurovascular? I will take a quick break from this episode to bring back our sponsor, Cretex Medical. Once again, I'm speaking with Anya White. She's Chief Human Resources Officer and Chief Revenue Officer at Cretex Companies. Anya, you mentioned earlier on that Cretex Medical can help reduce risks for your medical device company clients. How does Cretex Medical do that? Critex Medical has been consistently ranked in the top 10 contract manufacturing companies. And our 2,400 employees produce over a million and a half components per day. We have FDA registered facilities that can be either of service in end-to-end supply or by providing components. Our family ownership for over 100 years allows us to invest for the long term. We have access to capital and resources that allows us to grow and invest in technologies our customers need so that they can make sure they bring a safe device to market. And lastly, I would say as a company, we care deeply about being reputable as an organization and really deliberate in our initiatives to be good corporate citizens through community engagement, diversity and inclusion initiatives, as well as environmentally sustainable initiatives. That's interesting. And how do you work with your medical device clients? We understand that there is an accelerated need in the industry with speed to market. In our brand new facility here in Minnesota, we have a prototyping lab where our customers, engineers can work side by side with our engineers to have prototype parts in hands and days. 
so that the development can move forward quickly. As we launch and scale a product into manufacturing, we have an operational excellence team that will work with our customers, engineers, and supplier quality team to streamline the processes and make sure that the manufacturing processes are efficient and they can ship when they need to ship. And we also have value-added capabilities specifically in our new facility where now everything is under one roof. The supply chain is condensed. It is literally one phone call, one purchase order, and we can get you what you need so you get your device to the patient at the end as quickly as you can. So, Dan Voles, let's let's learn. How does Avail fit into uh, into your business? Is it for training? Is it for, for treatment? Where is Avail uh, helping Medtronic Neurovascular? It's really for all of those things. Okay. And, you know, as Daniel shared, and I'll explain how and why, but as I... I've been with Medtronic for 23 years and and uh, with the neurovascular business for two years now. And 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 when I got here, one of the things that was in place was a relationship with Avail. And where our training department was using the Avail system, this, this really impressive technology to make sure that we were continuously educating our internal employees. And twice a week, there'll be a, a link on my Outlook for, for a live case. That I can that I can dock into, and so I've, it's it's been wonderful for me as a training tool. And you're talking about training thousands and thousands of people, and and something that we've come to call intimacy at scale. You're able to do this thing at, at with a massive scale and efficiency. That as somebody newer to the business, it wasn't really hard at all to recognize what a force multiplier this could be. And that it didn't necessarily just have to be limited to, to the inbound, that we could think about how to leverage connectivity broadly to do a lot of different things. And the neurovascular space is young. It needs innovation. And innovation is built on connectivity. And how do we make sure that we work through innovation together and, and really advance the space forward? And as I mentioned before, the neurovascular space is also massively underpenetrated. And the key to that kingdom is connectivity. And how do we leverage experts in one location and connect them with learners in another location, just as we have internally for our own for our own team? So we're going to continue to think through how how best to leverage this platform. But when you think in terms of its role in expanding innovation and its role in in driving education and maximizing reach, we're creating access, we're improving care, and, you know, fundamentally, MedTech is built on connectivity. Uh, you know, even the earliest companies start with a physician saying, boy, it would be great if you could, right? That is an element of connectivity, and this allows us to do this at scale. So the, the, the program that's been announced was the Medtronic Remote Connectivity Program. Uh, is that related to the training that's gone on, that, that's been going on, or is that more addressing what's going to happen in the future with the collab effort, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, we won't stop training internally with this. We're just adding other elements to that. We launch a lot of products, and I would love for our engineering team to have visibility into the early stages of launches. We do a lot of clinical studies. Be wonderful to have a seat in that arena when those studies are happening. We've got you know, markets reimbursement was just approved in India for treatment and enhancement in reimbursement. 
we've got to be able to support that that geography with learning. So it will show up in a number of different areas. And, and Daniel mentioned even remote support. You know, we've done some test cases where we're supporting cases remotely in geographies that we can't get representation to in time. Now, I don't know that that's as much a near term, but over time, that support component is very real and allows us to also support with the speed and the efficiency that neurovascular care requires. So we'll continue to move through this and 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 figure out how best to leverage the platforms. But you know, I think at its essence, uh, the Vail Med Systems and Medtronic Neurovascular started as friends. You know, we saw that there was purpose, shared purpose in what we were both trying to do. And um, we're really pleased that that we've gotten to a place where we have such a um, such a nice defined partnership together. That's great. Daniel, we've talked about how Avail can be helpful for training. We can see or understand how, how it would be helpful for treatment, for consult, consultation between physicians. One thing you and I have started talking about recently uh, is what Dan Vols is talking about is, is the role it can play in innovation. You've been involved with several startups. You've been involved with, with more product development efforts than I can count and probably you can count as well. What can be seen remotely as someone who is developing new product that can help them either improve upon something that exists or develop something that's entirely new? You know, Tom, you're, you're touching on uh, this is motherhood and apple pie for me. You, 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 you've got, I'll, I'll kill your you theme song. Yeah, let me get up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, an ability to be able to drone your way into an operating room, right? You're a drone. You're flying over the patient. You're watching everything that's happening. You're interacting directly with the physician. I've been in arguably thousands of procedures. I can't get next to the table like our cameras bring you next to the table, right? Early, early, earlier in my career, I was allowed to before sterile protocol obligations started pushing me further and further away. And Dan knows what I'm talking about, right? It becomes challenging to see the things you'd want to see. Over that that same time period of my career, it's been harder and harder to get into the lab, notwithstanding COVID, which is difficult. When you're designing products, you got to watch a lot of cases. You got to ask layers of questions to learn what's really going on. Asking somebody what they need is rarely helpful in terms of designing products. Seeing what they might need and asking them if something would be helpful is how you do that. And you can only do that through repetitive exposures. One of the key challenges is in a combination of that issue and accessibility and the fact that engineers work in teams. You can't bring six engineers into a lab to have them watch cases 15 times a year. A very fortunate engineer to clinician relationship might have them in a couple of times a year if they're lucky. Remote capability with what we provide and the ability to have real-time dialogues and see everything you need to and draw on screens and pause feeds to be able to make a point or ask a question. That's kid in the candy store stuff for folks that design products. So for the perspective of acceleration, it's really putting the right groups of people together in an on-demand fashion that has an immediacy to it that in an environment like stroke care is just phenomenally valuable. 
given it minutes his brain, how do you schedule an engineer into an ischemic stroke case? You kind of don't because you kind of can't. But with the Avail platform, you can. And now that's a vector of opportunity that I expect is is going to confer significant advantages uh, to the development pathways at Medtronic. Yeah, I want to I want to drill into that in a moment, but but I think now's a good time to talk about Medtronic's neurovascular collab platform. I will take a quick break from this episode to bring back our sponsor, Cretex Medical. Once again, I'm speaking with Anya White. She's Chief Human Resources Officer and Chief Revenue Officer at Cretex Companies. Finally, Anya, you mentioned Cretex Medical can save your clients' time. How can you do that? As a contract manufacturer, we offer capabilities in precision machining, stamping, molding, laser processing assembly, as well as sterilization management. But I would pivot a little bit and just point out that all of these capabilities are in the primary markets of cardioneurostimulation, vascular and interventional therapies, orthopedics, robotics, advanced surgical applications and diagnostics. And this gives us a wide breadth of understanding what our customers' needs are. Well, that's terrific. This is normally where I invite you to learn more about Cretex Medical by uh, checking out their website. But uh, Anya, you have a special invitation for our listeners as well. We would love to invite your listeners to come and see us at one of our facilities and experience firsthand how we truly make it easier for you to get your product to patients who need them. See our engineers, see our manufacturing, see our people work and hear them describe to you what they're best at. All right. Well, that is a great invitation to visit Cretex Medical. Go to Cretex medical.com again that's c-r-e-t-e-x medical.com find the quick connect button fill out that simple form mention you heard this message on medtronic talks and uh make sure you uh, you visit our friends at cretex medical but i think now's a good time to talk about medtronic's neurovascular collab platform uh, dan voles you were kind enough to announce that at uh, device talks west back in october and I know there's been a lot of discussion about it, but let's just take it from the top. Talk about the, the Collab platform. What is it and why did uh, you feel the need for it? Well, it, it's a collaborative platform and an innovation ecosystem. Um, you know, we're fortunate um, that because we are the largest neurovascular company in the world and we sit inside the largest med tech company in the world, we get to talk to a lot of folks about the things that they're thinking about. I'd say probably disproportionately, we get to talk to more folks about those things. And so we wanted to make sure that we had a mechanism for processing those things. And as those things come in to the organization and the byproduct of us in our engagements with physician community and entrepreneurs and venture capital, you know, those ideas range from from drawing on drawings on napkins to we're ready to sell this product commercially. And you know, fortunately, inside of, of our neurovascular business, we've got a pretty healthy amount of equity in the space, having played a role in, in help create it, an awful lot of expertise and reach. You know, I've got 700 salespeople around the world that are carrying innovation to every corner of the earth. And so we wanted a mechanism that would welcome that volume, would facilitate that volume, and provide unique value for the physician, the entrepreneur, at whatever stage you're at in your development cycle. And I feel really proud of that, that there is there is value that, that we can create 
and and share regardless of where you are in that process. So that's that's how Colab really was born. As we shared at at uh, at Device Talks, there's also you know because the space is 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 growing and because the penetration of the therapy is so low, it produces an awful lot of innovation, entrepreneurial thinking, physicians, startups. It's high growth. It's low penetration. It touches most of the world. So you have this energy. And that's what I was feeling when I first came into this role and the, and the three to five calls a week I would get from, hey, we have something for you guys to think about. That was a starting point for Colab. What has transpired since is some very real downward pressure on innovation too. So you're starting to see consolidation to fewer vendors in larger markets. You're starting to see costs increase pretty dramatically, particularly in Europe, to put products on the market, keep products on the market. So you've got all of this innovation that's happening, but you also have this downward pressure, including supply chain and inflation. And you know, Deloitte published a report not long ago saying they thought that M&A might stagnate a little bit due to the macroeconomic conditions that are happening. So while we built it to help us process the volume, I think it's also a pretty opportune time for us to have this ecosystem to make sure that innovation survives. We're way too early in the life of stroke care for innovation to stall. And, and Colab, at its essence, is here to make sure that innovation sees the light of day. So if I'm a, an entrepreneur or innovator with, with a concept that I want to share with Colab and, and you find it as something that's worth pursuing, what happens? Am I brought into a place, a physical place where we're working on something or are you taking technology and there's a licensing agreement and you're developing? What does this program look like for folks developing new ideas? Well, you enter, you enter in through a portal and you select a track. So there's four separate tracks inside of Colab. There's Brainstorm that allows you to get to prototype. There's Advance that gets you from prototype to first in human. There's Invest which means we need money and we can either try and we can either try and help with that inside of the neurovascular business or inside of Medtronic Ventures business and then the last place is accelerate and that's the track where we're ready to go to market there's a number of options underneath accelerate from mentorship programs all the way to you know at each of the major conferences Tom we have what we call tech suites where we share the technology that's in development that's existing footprint that I have. That's existing resources. That's existing traffic. And so welcoming some of these innovations that are part of that Accelerate track to share that footprint with us, that helps not only for them, but for us as well. And we'll also invite a subset of those into Symposia at that event where they get to present more deeply on the technology in front of physicians and venture capitalists. So you know, as I said before, at, at each stage of your development cycle, we think we've got some value to share, right, and to continue to feed innovation. And at some point, if that means that we get to work on a program together where we take your technologies, we drop it into our commercialization, and we globalize via the Avail platform, that's beautiful. Fascinating. Daniel, I want to circle back and just sort of understand where you see things. You talked earlier about sort of the, the challenge of it's easier to observe, a, and this is my words, not yours, it's e easier to observe a knee implant or a knee replacement or an atrial fibrillation procedure. I mean, those are scheduled. You can sit on it. You can view it. When you've got a procedure that happens so quickly, it needs to be treated so quickly. It's, an, I would imagine it's 
nearly impossible to view those things and to see where if the handle were positioned here instead of there, it would be so much easier for the search. How do you innovate in a space like neurovascular? So, you know, my take on that would be, um, well, I should give a caveat first. I've never innovated in neurovascular. <laughs> <laughs> right? so this is, I'm, I'm this looking is forward forward to it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, notes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. What what does right. does to provide to what allow? What do we bring? Yeah, yeah, what do you? I mean, yes. So the way I, um, having been involved in a lot of medtech innovation, I always found you know repetitive exposure opportunities and inquiring and curious mind, and an appropriately timed question or three will get you a whole lot of education. And then you got to be creative on the back end, right? So that's how I've always done medtech innovation. But that's in procedures where I can I can say, yeah, I think we might be able to get three or four of them on Thursday. Can I come in? You know, that's great. That's great. The immediacy of the available network enables that to happen in acute cases. The analogy I can draw within cardiology, where I started my career, and most recently when I was running Shockwave Medical. Right before Avail, I, I, I ran into the same thing. In cardiology, the immediate procedures are acute STEMIs, uh, ST elevated myocardial infarction STEMIs. And acute STEMIs are hard to get into, but guess what? The devices are different. The uh, immediacy of device performance is different. The threshold for device performance in that kind of an acute setting is, is extremely high. And I'd have to imagine the same thing is true, you know, in thrombogenic strokes. In that kind of an environment, what does Avail bring? Our consoles in the room already. The staff need only plug it in, plug in the angio, tap a couple of keys on the touchpad on the back of our console, and they've placed an outbound call immediately. Now, in that environment, that outbound call can be to one of the uh, engineers and Dan's team. And now they're in the case, right? They're immediately in the case. They're able to watch live what just started six minutes ago. And maybe that case is in Manhattan, but the engineers in Irvine. That's what this means to MedTech innovation. It's immediacy of access. It is also even for procedures that could otherwise be nominally planned. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get into when you start the case. You're going to find out when you're in there. So it might be that there's the the device that an engineer is working on works phenomenally well, 87% of the time, but I can't figure out which 13 prospectively it's going to cause a problem here or there. So if a surgeon or an interventionalist happens along one of those cases, let me call John. Tap the console, John's on. This is what I was talking about. Let me show you. That immediacy and connectivity there, that engagement of clinician to engineer, that's transformative, Tom. It's simply transformative. I I think history will show that the combination of that engagement opportunity and reach and the collab program that neurovascular is doing here, uh, history will show that 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 has transformed the industry. I think you'll look back in five, seven years and you're going to see something very different. And I love the word, I love the word exposures. And for us, that translates, Tom, into perspective. Good decisions are well-informed decisions. Well-informed decisions get achieved when you've been able to consider enough perspective. And so what those exposures provide, particularly to 
to our engineering organization is the type of perspective that drives really good decision making. And when you think about globalizing care, how do you know what that unique population needs if you don't have the ability to experience those things real time? And that's real. And being able to do that at scale, I think is a it's a fundamental obligation of innovation to make sure that you understand, for Daniel's point, the unique patient populations exist, and with them, the unique needs that each of those populations have. That's the stuff of innovation. And fundamentally for us, it's the stuff of the globalization of stroke care. And what's your reaction been of your uh, engineering team? Have you heard any feedback as to the access? Have you had instances where it has shown some light on, uh, on something that they previously hadn't seen? We're, yeah, we're early into this. And, yeah. and look, every time you get on an avail case, you see there's a, oh, wow. You know, there's an oh, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> that didn't happen. That didn't there start is. happening because we need <laughs> to, to work on this together. But what I'm really excited about is is pairings, you know, pairing an, an engineer with a physician so they can spend time together and dedicated time together and generating ideas and thoughts and experiences and everything else. That's that's a level of intimacy that you could never achieve if you if you relied exclusively on someone getting on a plane once a week to go do that. So that's that's part of our evolution as well is to figure out when and where to build those pairings. So I'm I'm really excited about that. So the aha moments happen already, but there's I think there's a lot more to come when when we engineer that process a little bit more. I couldn't agree more, Dan. And, and you know, candidly, as uh, as somebody who has taken on many different innovation attempts within the industry uh, outside of neurovascular, I mean, broadly, I'm jealous of what the engineering teams, you know, going <laughs> forward will have with this. It, it's it's like it's not fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. The idea that you would have a connected relationship, if you will, uh, a bat phone, if you will, to a clinician to ask them about something or them to you. It's just really fascinating. A lot of innovation trades on an ability to have those engagements. You know, I was able to innovate in cardiology because I knew something about it. I knew a lot of people, Tom. a lot of people. And that helped me create what I did with Shockwave. And, you know, this is democratizing that to a degree in as much as now engineers who don't have that exposure through something like what uh, Dan had just described and what CoLab brings and that that connectability, if you will, uh, intimacy, that is a a one-to-one relationship build, that's transformative for what can be developed. It's also incredibly powerful for the engineers, right? They're having that kind of of, uh, relationship with world-renowned clinicians, high-volume community clinicians, really anyone with great ideas. That's an extraordinary thing, uh, exposure-wise, career-building-wise, and and frankly, experientially for engineers. It's uh, I, just, I find it fascinating. It's it's really a fantastic combination. That's great. And final question for you, Danvils: uh, Do you have a, in your mind a vision of what success looks like, where we might be in five years, if and when Colab bears fruit? I do. So the vision for our business is powered by a motivating culture and an innovative portfolio. We will optimize and create access to care for 500,000 patients. So our goal is to double the number of patients that we have helped treat in three years' time. That's the objective. And 
the singularity of that purpose is really important for us because it centers us on making decisions that allow us to help as many people as possible. That's what that's what this relationship with Avail is for us. It's a it's a vehicle for helping as many people as possible. So success for us it, it begins and ends with and in three years, helping to treat 500,000 patients. And hopefully you'll invite us back and we'll talk about how we're going to treat a million at that point. Sounds like a noble goal. Fantastic. Thank you both for uh, your time today and for, for sharing your story and joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having us, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Well, that is a wrap. Thanks so much again for joining us on the Medtronic Talks podcast. Thank you, Cretex Medical, for sponsoring. Thank you, Dan Voles and Daniel Hawkins for being on the program. And again, thank you for listening. This will be our last episode of 2022, but uh, we'll be back in 2023 with some fantastic stories for Medtronic Talks. Please do us a few favors, if you would. Subscribe to Medtronic Talks on your podcast application so you don't miss a future episode. You'll have future episodes sent directly to your phone or your iPad or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Please also share this episode on social media. And when you do, I'd love it if you would connect with me. I am on LinkedIn, Tom, S-A-L-E-M-I. I am on Twitter at MedTechTom. Would love to uh, follow along those conversations. Finally, again, thanks to the team at Medtronic for all the help in putting together this podcast series. I'm looking forward to working with them again in the new year. I hope we'll have you uh, joining us in January. Until then, have a great holiday season and a happy new year.